What's up, everybody? This is Alternate Take, and I am your host. Welcome back. On this episode, we brought you another legend. We brought you Juana Sperling, a.k.a. MCJB, of the legendary female rap group in the 80s, JJ Fat. Now, y'all know who JJ Fat is. Because you've all been to a party before where you're seeing your aunts and uncles your, or your theos and your theos, whatever you are, and they're playing Supersonic, and it's a banger. Everyone knows that. So this was a, a hell of a time to be able to talk to her because they're they're legendary, man. And um, we got to talk about like how they met up with Dr. Dre and, and Eazy-E and, and how they got started and, and all that. So um, I'm just going to shut up, and I want you guys to hear the great wisdom that comes from Juana Sperling. So without further ado, I bring to you MCJB of JJ Fed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So welcome to the show, Wanna Spurling. It's good to have you. Thank you. I'm I'm actually really stoked about this. I was bragging to everyone I knew, especially aunts and uncles. They were stoked. They're like, oh my God, you're gonna get JJ Fed. I was like, that's right. You know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna brag Dang. about. The best, one of the best rap groups from the '80s, man. I love it. So, um, Thank you. I want you to uh, tell listeners just, you know, the basics. I want you to introduce yourself and let them know, uh, you know, who Honest Grilling is all about. Okay, so we're jumping right in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I'm just a female rapper that loves what I do. I have so much fun rapping with my partners, um, Baby D and Sassy C. Wishing that wishing they were here, but our schedules are hard to get together. So it is what it is. But um, we're from Rialto, California, in the Empire. And we started when we were very young. So that's just that's the beginning. Hell yeah. And <laughs> I want to I want to start from there too. I want to okay. what was it like from from the beginning trying to get into the hip hop scene for you guys? Like obviously there wasn't a lot of female rap groups at the time. Right. Um, what was like your your pitch to like start getting shows and like how, how did that work? Like it sounded like it'd be difficult. Um, for us, we were really blessed because it was super easy. <laughs> super <laughs> easy. We just knew the right people at the right time. I just think it was something that was destined for us. So it just kind of happened. But um, in the 80s, there was all East Coast female rappers. There was no West Coast rappers. And I was like, we I could totally do that. I could totally do that. And I was friends with Arabian Prince. He's like, why don't you just do it then? And I'm like, but I'm not a rapper, but I know I can sing their song. So I know I can do it. So he's like, just try it. So I held an audition in my mom's den. And uh, that's how I met baby D. She was the best. My, her cousin was my best friend in high school. So she's like, I have this female beatbox that would be great for you. And I was like, yeah, right. Females can <laughs> Yeah, right. So I was like, I got to hear it. So she brought her over and she just blew me away. So I was like, oh, she's in. <laughs> so, um, I had that audition. I met Baby D. And then later we met Sassy C through um, the um, LA Dream Team. Wow. What's that? What's the LA Dream Team? Mean? LA Dream Team was a group in the 80s. And I'm, I'm, I can't believe you haven't heard of them. <laughs> but, I, think uh, I, have. I think I have. But, uh, you know, I got yeah. to get some more culture around here. Yeah. So um, we were assigned to Dream Team Records first. So after I had held that audition, the Dream Team picked us up and we recorded Supersonic with five girls. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then um, we met um, Arabian introduced us to Eazy-E 
And he was like, I got to have those girls. So he talked to the dream team and they did something behind the scenes. I don't know what they did, but the next thing we knew, we were off a dream team and on Ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Do you have any like fond memories over there with Eazy-E and like performing and all that stuff? Oh, of course. It was such a, a family feel. You know, people would think that it was all gangster and hardcore. It was the best time we ever had. Like studio time was so much fun. We horse played all the time. We had, we made jokes. We talked about each other's mama and it was just <laughs> the funnest thing in the world. So those are the fondest memories I have is just being in the studio with my NWA brothers and my ruthless family was the best. Wow. Yeah. That must've been insane. I mean, so much talent in one room. And how, how did you, uh, how did you feel about the movie? Did you really like the movie when it came out? I, I loved the movie. I just hated that we weren't, you know, portrayed in it the way, because it's not the way it happened in the very beginning. Because if it wasn't for us, there may not have even been an NWA album. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Nuts. It's nuts to even think of that. Yeah, that, I think, I don't know why movies do that, where they leave good stuff out and they put like stuff mm -hmm. that's not important in, I guess it's for dramatic effect or whatnot. But, but yeah. wow, yeah. that's crazy. So when did I you guys, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the reason why, you know, that was, a decision was because they wanted the movie to be based on the fact that they were gangster rap and they were hardcore. So if they come in with a soft group that went pop, <laughs> <laughs> open the doors for NWA, it might've, maybe it would have done something a little different to the movie, but I still think they should have put it in because that's factual. Yeah. It's just, if it's a story of NWA, it's, it's best not to leave it out. I, I like, I like to hear the whole, whole encompassing of it all. Yeah. You know? Yes. I'm, I'm with that for sure. So when did you guys start performing then? Like you guys met, you guys started recording. When did you guys start getting like live gigs and started going out there and everyone was like finding out about JJ Fad? Well, once um, Supersonic, once we went from the Dream Team to Ruthless, we re-recorded Supersonic with three girls and with Dre as the producer. And he kicked his magic in that song. And that's when it just took off. It blew up from that point when we were on Ruthless. So after that um, single went gold, we just started getting calls from all the tours and you know, they were like, oh, we want you guys on our tour. So the funny story is, is that we had a choice um, to do the Runs House tour, which was an all East Coast tour, and we would be the only West Coast act or go to Japan and tour Japan. So and Japan was offering more money. So we were like, OK, girls, what are we going to do? We got to make this decision. But we were so excited about being with our peers and touring with Run DMC and just, you know, having a great time that we chose the Runs House tour, which was amazing because we just developed the most amazing friendships on that tour. And to be the only females on the first national hip hop tour was just amazing. Wow. That's awesome. Did, was there, because I know there's always beef between East Coast, West Coast from like, like the male side of rapping. Was it like that for females too? Was there any kind of, or is it kind of like a unity type of oh. thing? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It was um matter of fact, we came out dissing East coast rappers. Cause that's how we thought we would get our foot in the door. So <laughs> there was definitely a beef there, but it wasn't personal for us. It was just like, that's how we were going to get our foot in the door. Oh, I love it. Is, do you find it like, uh, I, I see people like rappers now. I'm not the biggest fan of rappers now. It's kind of like, I don't know. It changed too much for me, but I know that they, uh, they try to do diss tracks now and it just doesn't feel like authentic or it doesn't feel like, I don't know. It kind of feels very forced as to where like when you guys were doing it, eighties, nineties, especially nineties, it was like, it was, there was some real like feelings behind it. Did you, did you feel like there was some real, like, 
like we actually mean this we don't like them was there was there that for sure yeah yeah you you know i think because we never really had that face to face or we never discussed with the girls that we were rapping like why we did it or like what was our problem with them we never had that discussion for us it was just a way to get in the door and just to make people go, oh my God, did you hear what they said about this person and this person? That was our way, we thought, to get in. So we never really had that conversation. So it was automatic. They don't like us because we dissed them. But later <laughs> in life, <laughs> when we met everybody, you know, we were like, we had totally no hard feelings against you. That was just our way, you know? And they were like, dang, because you guys came hard at us. And I was like, yeah, it was not even personal. It was just music you know and trying to make a, a statement for ourselves yeah what did tupac say it ain't it ain't a personal strictly business strictly business. right right <laughs> so after after supersonic goes gold what's what's life like for jj fat i mean to this day that song is still played like everywhere i mean yeah. you can play it at a party right now and everyone goes nuts so what was life <laughs> once that came out what was what was life like um it was a whirlwind I, I think from the time it came out till for three years, we were nonstop on the road, doing tours, doing interviews, doing all kinds of things, you know? So it, it was a, it was a really nice run for us. So it was exciting. And we were young, like baby D was only 15. Holy shit. So, yeah. So she was on a world tour at 15 years old, having tutors there and, you know, everything else. So it was, um, it was, it was a really, really fun time for us. Wow. That's awesome. And then when do you think it started to calm down where everyone's like, all right, like, uh, you know, we, we guys wanted to start pursuing other things in life where JJ fab was kind of starting to come to an end. Yeah. What was it like at that time? Yeah. Like what was it like? And when, when did that, when was that time? Like what years and whatnot? It was like 92. Cause we put another album out that just, it went flop. <laughs> it went flippity flop after that. Um, that album was called we in the house. Uh, no, it was called not just a fad. Our single was called We in the House, but um, it didn't do well. So we decided to take a big break from music because we had begun starting our families. Baby D had a baby. I had a baby. And, you know, it was time for us to just start moving in from music mode to family mode. So we did that. So there was no regrets about like leaving the music business because we were enjoying, you know, raising our families and being with our husbands and, you know, doing enjoying like normal life. Right. It sounds like you got to do both, which is, yes. which is the best setup. Honestly, like if you probably look at it going back, like most people don't really get to enjoy both. They're probably superstars for so long and then yeah. too much paparazzi, too much drama. It, right. It sounds exhausting. <laughs> like you can't have a normal life, you know? Uh, right. Exactly. But you, it sounds like you got to, yeah, you got to do both, which is phenomenal. What, what, uh, what did you choose to do after JJ fat was over? Like for, for work and for your personal life and going forward and all that stuff. You know, my mom always said, um, and God rest her soul, she always said, even in the midst of JJ Fad and all that we were doing, she's like, you need a plan B. You need something to fall back on. So she actually made me go to nursing school. Wow. So I was doing that. So, and I'm not going to say it made like you. She was just like, you need to do this because this is not going to last forever. And, uh, you know, at that age, you're like, yeah, it is. It's not going anywhere. We're good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, I took her advice. And so I'm a nurse now. I'm a school nurse. Wow. Um, SEC is a respiratory therapist. And baby D yeah. is a, a supervisor at a, um, a hotel. She's uh, in charge of the whole housekeeping crew at a hotel. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. So we all have real jobs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, so like for these parents, like for their kids at school, do they ever just like tell their kids, I like, just fake a, fake a cut, go down there, ask, ask some questions. <laughs> right out of I try to stay incognito as long as I can, but people always seem to find out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's crazy. Like, like I said, I think that's very unique. You don't see that often from like a lot of superstars to go to actually have that discipline. I mean, I mean, um, yeah. I'm a, I'm Mexican. So your parents never think about your plan. A. They don't give a shit about that. They're not like your dream. <laughs> good for you. No one cares. Just get a job. That's, that's always, right. that's always our mentality. And, um, especially when it comes to the, for us, it was always medical and, uh, any sort of like public service, fireman, cop, those things will always be there. So pick something like that. And I never know what I wanted to pick, but, um, I always think it's interesting that people that are in your field actually still even think that because you know, it's not common. It really isn't common. That's true. It, it, people really think that they're going to be in this business forever. And some are, so some have that, that, that blessing where they can just do this forever and ever. And some just don't. <laughs> so, um, the blessing for us though, is we were able to, like I said, live that family life have real jobs, you know, make money. Now we have benefits and now we have retirement because the people that are in the music business, there's no benefits, there's no health, there's no retirement. You know, you have to make sure you have that money when it's all over so that you can take care of yourself when you get older. We're blessed enough to have a retirement plan and, you know, all that stuff because we had reg regular jobs. Right. Speak, speaking of that business, was did you ever experience any like, um, like I guess, kind of like sharks? Like I, I know how during that time, Oh, what happened here? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I guess during that time, um, it's very common for like, uh, like a lot of people that on labels to try to just basically just steal money from everybody that were actually putting in the work and all that stuff. I know you hear like crazy horror stories from like, like Black Sabbath and Aerosmith where they basically made no money. Um, was that? Did you guys have to experience any of that stuff, or what, did you guys even notice any of it? Yeah, we were so young that you know, Jerry Heller, everybody hears the stories that he stole money from them. But see, we didn't experience that because we were like his little daughters. Like we thought we called him uncle Jerry and he made sure that our contracts were right. He made sure that we had, um, just everything. He let us see our contracts and all this stuff, although we really didn't understand it. So to this day, we always say, we don't think Jerry did anything to us. We love Jerry, but then you have to consider we were young and we didn't have attorneys looking over our contracts. Their attorneys looked over our contracts. So we don't know. We can't say for sure that there was nothing taken from us, but we can say that we pretty much got whatever we needed whenever we needed it. And we made money and we saw our tour money and everything. So we don't think that we were taken advantage of, but we were young and we don't know for sure. That's a good outlook to have too, because you're, <clears throat> you're looking at it very logically. I think some people could, have it very good and still be like, no, I got taken advantage. I'm like, well, you know, look at the facts, you know, it, look at your experience only try not to take everyone else's into, uh, into consideration too much. Cause that's, that's theirs with them. And mm -hmm. it sounds like that's good. That's really good because some people retire out of that business and they're just screwed. They got nothing right. you know, after years of touring and, and years of albums. And then they're just, mm -hmm. you know, no money. It's crazy. Right. Right. So I, I just saw um, a clip on, uh, I think it was YouTube or something where um, Steve Harvey was interviewing Charlie Wilson at, from the Gap Band. And he said that he was living out of his car for like four years. He had no money. He had, he slept in his car. He had no home. He was homeless. Wow. And I was like, wow, you know, from the Gap Band? Come on. <laughs> you know, yeah. Crazy. But yeah, it happens. Wow. Unbelievable. So now I saw recently you guys are performing again, though. You guys are back. JJ Fat is uh, back doing uh, shows again. I love that. Tell me about that. 
We've been back now for about seven years. We've been doing shows again. We came back. Um, all our kids are grown. And so we were like, okay, well, let's, you know, people are requesting it. Let's just get back into it. So no, it might be 10 years now. So we've been out on the road for the last 10 years, you know, doing our old school show and adding a little new twist to it. And we've just been having a great time traveling. That's so awesome. Do, you, do, do your kids go like, mom, you're embarrassing me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They come to the show. Sometimes they come to the shows that we do that are local and they love it. They love to be at the show because they love to meet all the people that we're doing shows with, but they still think our song is corny. <laughs> <laughs> These new kids nowadays, I have no appreciation of the good right. stuff. I swear. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I saw you guys are performing with like a, with ice cube and Warren G. I mean, that's, that's, that's a killer lineup. I think anyone will buy tickets to go see that. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited. Um, that show is September 25th in Norco, California. Um, and so we're super excited about that. Yeah. Right on. And then I saw, uh, recently we just had, um, uh, Raul Pacheco, the guitarist of also Motley on the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he's like a, a recurring guest now. He's like our second time we've had him on. The dude's super cool, super nice. Uh -huh. and, he had, and he had mentioned you guys. He's like, yeah, we're coming out with our new record. And he's like, we have a song with, with JJ Fed. And I was like, no way, dude. <laughs> we started talking for like 10 minutes. And we talked about only like that style of music for like 10 minutes. And uh, oh, tell me how that came about. You know, it was crazy because I, I got this phone call. And I don't know if you know who Bobby D is, but he's the one that's putting on that show, that big show. Mm -hmm. So Bobby calls me and he's like, hey, um, Ozo Motley, do you know who that is? I'm like don't have a clue <laughs> and he's like well they're a really popular hispanic group and they want to do a single and they want a rap a rapper to be in the new single and he's like and bobby is the manager for lisa lisa he's like so i have lisa doing it he goes they would love for you guys to be a part of that that track and i was like oh sure absolutely you know we haven't been we haven't recorded in years we'd love to go in the studio you know so we went in there and that's how it all came together was through bobby d no way yeah Man, and that's killer. Time in there. That that studio session was awesome. Yeah, they're they're an insane band. They're not like your typical like they have like very like heavy Hispanic type songs, and they have songs that are like funk, and then they have songs right. like hip hop. They're they're all over the place. They're they're they a, are they yeah, are they're a hell of a band too. So yeah, I'm super excited. What what do you think is like something you look forward to in music nowadays? Now that you're like out of the you know, you're not out of it because you're still performing. But now that you see new artists coming out, is there something you look for in like uh, their production? Is there something you look for in their performance that like you go, ah, that's cheesy. Or, oh, that's really good. Is there something you pick up on? Um, not really. If the music moves me, if I like, you know, if I like the sound, if I like, you know, the way the music sounds and the lyrics, then, then I'm all in. I don't like the sexism in female rap. I don't like what the females wear nowadays when they're rapping. Um, and maybe it's because I am older and I have, you know, all girls, I have four girls and then I have a, a grandson that just was born. He's 11 months old. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So I kind of do things a little differently. I just don't think it's needed. I want to go back. I want females to go back to rapping about them, you know, other things besides sex. Yeah, you know what? I totally agree. I, I think the same with even male rappers. Um, they don't they talk about that. They talk about stuff that's really not that important, mostly mm -hmm. just like their ego or parting. And exactly. um, I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think it has I think it goes both ways on the female and male spectrum where like it's just like what are we even talking about anymore? I I had like a like a 
like not an argument <laughs> that sounds stupid, but I was with my, I was talking to my buddy and he's like, a, all, all he likes is hip hop. That's all he likes. But to me, he's like, it's part of my language. He's full of shit because he only likes new stuff. He doesn't listen to anything from, from the old stuff. Oh, wow. And that's like ridiculous. Cause I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. That's to me, that sounds way better. So I'm like, I asked him about like you guys and like going back to like NWA and run DMC and Tupac and everybody. And he's like, nah, it's old. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't, <laughs> I can't do business with you, man. I can't even talk to you. Like I'm going to punch you in the neck because right. this is like, this is where it came from. And like, if artists nowadays, especially hip hop artists, especially female hip hop, hip hop artists, if they're, if when they're having interviews, like I, I don't listen to any of their music, but like the, whoever the female hip hop artists are like Nicki Minaj and all them, if they don't mention you guys first, I'm like, I'm turning this off. If they're yeah. not like, we're not, we're not here because of them. Like, I don't want to hear it. It's just like, a, you know, you're not respecting the people from, from before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I always think that we should give props to the people that came before us because if it wasn't for us, there would be no Nicki Minaj. There would be no sweetie. There would be no city girls. There would be no Cardi B, you know, it just like, if I were a new school artist, I would definitely give the respect to the people that paved the way. Oh yeah. 100%. You do, we do it for anything. In our, in our neighborhood, we had like a, we're all baseball players. And our, our Nomar Garcia Parra came from our neighborhood. And that's all we did was just talk about him because we just wanted to be like him. He's from our neighborhood and he made it there. So if someone who did make it there, the first person they thanked was that guy. Cause like, well, I looked up to him. He came from my neighborhood and I wanted to be like him. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. I, I get that. And then I think, you know, I just think it's a little disrespectful and I'm not saying that we need like, Oh, we need all the accolades because we started it. You know, I, I don't need all that, but just say something like, you know, we want to thank the girls who started it because, you know, it's easier for females now because they, they paid the dues and paved the way for us. You know, I just feel like something should be said. Oh yeah, for sure. Who, who are like your favorite artists now that you feel like, uh, well, either they're popular or maybe they're not and they need they need some more recognition. Um, Hmm. I love Meg The Stallion. I just, I just don't like the way she dresses. <laughs> I love her music. I love her music. So I, I'm a fan of hers. I'm a fan of, um, I'm a fan of Cardi. I like her music. You know, it's just, I just wish they could do the music. I don't need all the extra, you know, because yeah. I really do like the music and I do like the lyrics, you know, some of the lyrics, like what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to hear all that. And I don't need my kids hearing all that, you know? Yeah. But as far as being artists and, and their talent, I like it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I really don't think it's, it's, I really don't think all that stuff is really necessary. Especially if you're good, it's like, I use this for anything, entertainment industry, for sports, anything. If, if you're good, no one cares what the, out, what the extremating circumstances are. Everyone's like, oh, uh, oh, she's a, she's a woman. That's why she didn't make it. You're like, no, that's not true. She just wasn't that good. Or right. who is a person of color? That's why I mean, no, that's not true. That's because they probably weren't that good. If you're good in any entertainment industry, people will will take you. And the, and especially especially people that want to make money. <laughs> if you're good and you sell, it don't matter what you are. You know, we're gonna put you up there and we're gonna make money and and you're gonna have fans and you're gonna have shows and you're gonna get everything. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. Hell yeah! So um, when did you say it was your next guy tour again? It was in two weeks, the twenty fifth. Uh, yeah, the 25th. Yeah, the Norco. Then we're booked for the month of December. The 3rd, 11th um, will be in, on the 3rd, we'll be in Phoenix. On the 11th, we'll be in Sacramento. Um, then we're going to Belize. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're busy, which is a blessing. We're so busy and we're just thankful that we can still get out there and do our thing. 
Wow. Wow. That's so awesome. And uh, if you can give one more question, if you can give any advice to uh, to young artists out there and like from your experiences in JJ fan handling the stardom and uh, staying humble and all of a sudden, what would be your take to someone who's up and coming in the music industry? To be true to themselves, do the music that you like to do. Don't let anybody try to change who you are. Be authentically you. Wow. That's beautiful. Lana Sperling, this was a this is a huge honor. I had a blast talking to you. This is great. Thank you so much. I had fun too, Danny. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, of course. We're gonna try to make it out to that 25th show. I have a wedding, but they're not that oh. important. They're not that important. <laughs> it's probably gonna go throughout the night. So go to the wedding first, then come on over. <laughs> Perfect. I don't need to go to the reception. It's boring anyway. Right. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again, Juana. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Take care. Thanks so much, Danny. Have a good night. Likewise. Bye-bye. Bye. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen, our epic interview with Juana Sperling, MCJB of JJ Fed. Uh, thank you, Juana, for coming on the show. Honestly, it was a great time. I I learned some shit. You know, you always think you're like uh, like you're knowledgeable in music and shit until someone comes around and schools your ass. And I got schooled. I love it. Thank you for teaching me some shit. And uh, it was it was just a great time talking to you. You know, you're a legend in my book, and so is all of JJ Fad. So uh, thanks to Juana Sperling for coming on the show. Thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. Uh, I'll be posting another episode later on this week. And uh, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Go to our Instagram and give us a follow, at Alternate Take DR. And uh, I'll see you guys soon, man. Peace.